Hey, Angel, how are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. The city of New York, Boricua from the Bronx. Well, thank you for doing this. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Yeah, no problem. All right, awesome. So why don't you start telling us who you are and what to do? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm Diana. I am a doctor of physical therapy. I'm also, I graduated PT school in 2017. So this month is actually going to be five years of physical therapist. It's pretty exciting. Um, I'm also a certified athletic trainer. So I work the, like the big tournaments, the IBJJF tournaments, like worlds and uh, Nogi worlds and all that. When it comes to Southern California, I work on the sidelines um, as like the medical help. And then um, I'm also a jujitsu blue belt. So I got my blue belt earlier this year in May. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been a it's been quite the journey. I've been training jujitsu since 2018. So a year after I graduated from PT school and um Congratulations like anybody. on that as well, too. I, I just realized I said, you know, like all your all your accomplishments and, and it's like nah, yeah, yeah, doctor, yeah, save the world, yeah, blue belt. Yes. <laughs> yeah no no it, it like it's um I think the uh journey of jujitsu especially in the very beginning when you're going through as a white belt and you have no idea what you're doing and uh and then you kind of just learn that like oh yeah I'm getting a little bit better and then all the mental hardships and the physical hardships that you have to overcome in order to get blue belt I think it's it's a there's a very specific population that understands how hard it is, and then obviously getting to black belt is a whole different you know different conversation. Two thousand six, I started training, yeah, and and I am once again a three stripe white belt. So yeah, that struggle there. you're talking about, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that struggle you're talking about is is definitely uh, but 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 it ties into what you do. Um, right. Every time I've stopped has been because of injuries. I hurt my neck and, mm -hmm. um, and then I stopped, you know, mm -hmm. and I think it was 13 years before I went back and started again. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can only imagine injuries are such a big part. Um, and so the other part is I started open mat physio, um, back in actually 2020, I think like the team in, in general, but at that time it was just like a little bit of like a side hustle, like a little fun, right? Hmm, oh, let's hmm. start an Instagram page with some of my friends and let's do a, um, put, put out some content here and there. And then, uh, like, hopefully we can reach out to some people. Hopefully we can help some grapplers with, um, some of their injuries. And I guess we could backtrack a little bit into like how I even got into doing this, hmm, right. Is, hmm. When I started jujitsu, I kind of cut the bug like most people do. They're like, okay, I love this. This is actually super fun. I love how cerebral it is. Like you have to think while you're moving and you have to problem solve while you're moving. And that's two things that are very difficult to to combine because first of all, as a white belt, you're like trying to survive. I just don't want to die and I don't want to get choked. I don't want to break my arm, right? And then the second part is like, okay, now I have to plan ahead like chess. So that's where as you get better, you start recognizing patterns, you start recognizing positions, but um, that's a different conversation as well. So when I started doing that, I started realizing how, how many people were injured. Like all my, my training partners were always like, Oh, this hurts. That hurts. I, I can't come to training today. I realized, Oh man, like I'm a PT. I love jujitsu. Like, why don't I just combine both and, and help specifically with these people that really need help. Right. 
Um, so when when that like kind of popped into my head, I was like, okay. So I asked a couple friends, do you want to do open mat physio? You know, let's just start putting out some content and all. And they were really down. So uh, as we started getting a little bit more traction with open mat physio, um, I it was during COVID. Obviously, the world was shut down and I wasn't able to really fulfill, like actually like do what I wanted to do just because of so many different things that were happening in the world. So um, I ended up working at a clinic, just like a random clinic during 2021, wait, 2020 to 2021 and realized that, hey, I still want to pursue this jujitsu thing because I think it's very needed. This community is not very not served very well medically. And I think that's something that we can talk about a little later. But um, once I decided, hey, I want to do this full time, I quit that job in October 4th. Actually, yesterday was like the one year of mm. um, starting Open Met Physio full time, like really saying, I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket. I'm going to put all my efforts into this community and I'm going to do my best to serve as many people impact as many many people obviously with my team too and provide as many resources as i can to just create a more healthy more educated um more like just in general happier community that can train longer train better and not like have to take such long breaks off the mat yeah 13 years (laughs) Yeah, I know. 13 years, quite quite a bit of time. Wow. So, okay, so you're doing this full time now. And mm-hmm. how have you gotten the word out to people? Something that was really important to me in the beginning of starting Open Mat was just with the clients that I had, I really wanted to make sure that I was giving them my all. So 100%. Mm-hmm. And through those those first couple clients that believed in me, they ended up spreading the word through word of mouth. And one of the things that also I've realized uh, worked doing this for about a year now is word of mouth is like king. It's so incredibly powerful. If you do a really good job with the people that you have, you're going to start to get more people that know these people that have done really well and they're going to come to you for help. Um, Mm. We do get a lot of people and, and I've been blessed to be able to say, I can strictly work with jujitsu. I don't work with anybody else. The oh, wow. only population that I work with is jujitsu. The only, and and as much as I wow. have friends and family that reach out to me and say, hey, you know, I have this problem. Can you help me? I'll say, you know, I appreciate you trusting me. However, right now, my purpose and what I want to serve is jujitsu. So let me refer you to somebody, maybe one of my friends that I trust a lot with general population and they they'll do so much better with you. And, you know, there's like the whole factor of like your family won't listen to you anyway. So there's, it's almost <laughs> like, Oh, um, not a waste of time, but it's like, you're, you're going to be struggling this power struggle so hard upward, when you upward. give them advice. Um, so yeah, I've been very blessed that now it's like, I strictly work with jujitsu athletes. That's it. Wow, that's amazing. Because, I mean, to to be able to like specifically zero in on a specific population, and and I mean, I guess of all the ones you can do, you know, focus on jujitsu is a good one because the the nature of what we do is bending our bodies in the opposite direction that they're meant to to make someone say uncle. You yeah. Know? 
Exactly. Yeah. What are like what are the worst and most frequent injuries that you see or or most common things that you see that people should be careful for, avoid, you know, um that you would think just in general a person doing jujitsu should watch out for? Yeah, and that's a great question. I think we get that a lot of like, are there any movements I should avoid? Are there any things that I should be careful of doing? Um, and I think I'll go back to like your first question, which was what are the most like the worst injuries or like the, the most common injuries that we see? Um, obviously, because jujitsu is so submission based, so everybody, every joint has a opportunity to get injured, right? But mm. if we're not talking about submission wise, like the most, the biggest thing that I see is low back pain is mm. my back hurts. <laughs> my back has been sore. Like, I don't really know what to do. Like it tightened up. Like these are the complaints that I hear more regularly than other, um, other problems, I guess is like shoulders are also really common. Neck is also really common, but I've just been hearing so much. And maybe it's just right now is like the season, but so many people saying, Oh, my low back. I, it's always like my shoulder hurts, but I also have low back problems. My neck hurts, but I also have low back problems. So it's always like, kind of in the mix of everything so um and in terms of movements to avoid or things to avoid i'm i'm a very firm believer in like not having to say that you should avoid these movements because as much as we there are, everybody has their limitations right so like some people if their hip mobility or their hips aren't are tight they're not able to get into certain positions then yeah, sure, maybe getting into those extreme hip positions is not ideal. But the goal of open mat physio, the goal of us is to be able to help give you more access to your hips. So better hip mobility, better hip strength, better hip stability. And then that way you don't have to quote unquote avoid movements. You can actually get into these positions, feel comfortable, feel strong, right? Um, Instead of feeling like you have to limit yourself. Now, Mm -hmm it becomes a little bit of a different conversation when we talk about older grapplers, right? Because as we get older, what, what do you consider uh, older? What, 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 at what point is it considered older grappler? Um, I think I would say like, if you're starting jujitsu, maybe in like your forties, does that make sense? Like everybody that has been saying like, Oh, because when you're younger, your body's a little bit more moldable with like your most of the people who started jujitsu when they're younger, their body adapts a lot faster just because our we're, our body's more moldable when you're younger. As we get older and we get into like working and sitting down for long periods of time and then um, just jumping into jujitsu, I've seen just more struggles with people who are a little bit older with mm-hmm. adapting to some of the extreme positions. So inverting, um, being in like a really wide butterfly guard or um, even like um, De La Hiva, like those positions that require a lot of hip mobility. I've heard people and a lot of our clients say they have trouble getting into it because they just don't have that mobility. Um, and so going back to what I was saying is that our goal is to identify these problems, identify if it's relevant to your pain, and then give you a little bit more of it. That way we can address not just the mobility issue, but also your pain. Um, and so for low backs, we see a lot of correlation with the hips, just because they're kind of they're 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 like neighbors, right? 
And this isn't saying that everybody that has back pain needs to do something with their hips because everyone's different. But a lot of times, if we have really strong hips to help us create the movement that we need to do, for example, uh, a strong bridge or even um, uh, like some type of escape, right? We're going to be driving that motion through our hips. Those big muscles are sh- should be doing what they should be doing rather than putting a lot of stress through the low back. You're compensating, therefore creating the pain. And my physical therapist said that the reason my neck keeps getting hurt is because I have weak lower back muscles. That's in line with what you're saying of, you know, instead of, uh, you know, like if I'm doing a row where I should be kind of using this lower area, I tend to do like do this mm-hmm. and pull here and there and causing myself, you know. Yeah, um, no, that's an interesting point that you brought up because um, I think what you're uh, talking about is like movement, mm, what's the word? Kind of like your movement strategies. So everybody has movement strategies when it comes to what the end goal is. We need to get from point A to point B. How are you going to do it? Everybody's body's different. Over the years, we can develop patterns and strategies that we feel is the most efficient way to move. And sometimes they would come off as quote unquote compensations because that's just the only way we know we learn how to move properly, um, at least for your body, right? The problem is that over time, those movement patterns and movement strategies start to distribute the stress that you're putting on your body in a way where, like you said, one part is being overstressed. So when we like look at how um, certain movements, right, for example, a bridge, let's go back to the bridge Mm. or a throw, even a throw, which relies heavily on power through the hips. There's a certain level of stress that's being put on your body that you need to overcome to get the get the work done, get the job done. And if our muscles aren't, the right muscles aren't doing what they should be doing to get you from point A to point B, your body's going to figure out some way to do it. It's going to take the path of least resistance and all your muscles are going to say from everywhere else saying all hands on deck, we're going to take this and we're just going to run with it. And sometimes over time, if those muscles aren't supposed to be responsible for those movements, then they'll get overused. And that's where we start noticing some issues with just distribution of stress. So that's kind of what you're mentioning too, is because certain muscles aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, your neck and your shoulders are constantly being overworked because that's the only way it knows how to work. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And and the language you're using is my first time hearing it in terms of the strategy of movement and stuff, but it once you start speaking on it, it makes absolute sense because it's mm-hmm. it, mostly, I think it ties into what you've been saying about mobility. I, I am like probably the tightest person you can encounter. Mm. And I'm 45 years old and, and you probably would be like, holy crap. I've been focusing on stretching and things like that instead of just always, um, you know, they've been telling me since I was a kid, hey, you got to stretch, you got to do yoga, you got to keep your body nimble. Maybe if I would have listened back then, I, you know, I wouldn't be this far gone. Mm. But, it's you know. uh, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody needs something different and right? everything's and everybody benefits from certain things. And so I think there's a, a certain level of strength training that we always encourage. And that's one of the our most uh 
common approaches to most people's injuries is utilizing like proper strength training. So not just going to the gym and just like doing random exercises, but finding a very important sequence of things that we can do in order to help in, uh, improve mobility, but also continue to build muscle musculature because joints need muscles to keep them healthy, right? The muscles are what is supposed to take the stress that you're putting on it and to like contract and relax to help keep, get the motion happening. If we don't have these muscles that are to support our joints, then we start to see that the joints have to do the work, right? So it's, it's the whole idea of path of least resistance again, that we talked about before. Um, some people do really well with stretching and yoga and being able to maintain their 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 bodies and keep them healthy. Like, sure, I think you just have to find what works well for you. You know, um, I wanted to touch on something earlier is um, when we we're talking about like movement patterns and all that and how everybody has different strategies. I think it's uh, it's important to note that like not uh, sometimes we see on the Internet like, oh, yeah, if your knees cave in or if your body does this, then it's really bad for you. If you have a butt wing, it's really bad for you. Like these are all like just like a, a form of like demonizing certain movement patterns. I think if everybody ha- everybody's body's different, so it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, if you do this, it's bad. It all really depends on how your body responds to it. So uh, we've seen a lot of different types of body type, different types of movement strategies. And if you're not uh, feeling pain, if you're not experiencing pain, discomfort and all, then who am I to say that that's a bad way to move? Right. Unless it's something that's really, really dangerous. Like I know for a fact that like if you're squatting 500 pounds and then you're doing some weird thing, like obviously there's a an inherent risk to that. But if um, like jujitsu is a perfect example because you get into all these positions that the normal person who doesn't do jujitsu will look at it and be like, that is a bad position to be in. That is very dangerous. But because you train all the time and you're like, I'm used to this position, who are they to say that it's actually bad for you? It's just how well is your body prepared to be in that position for however long you need to be in that position. And if you need to get out of it, is your body prepared to do that? So it's less of a conversation of, oh, demonizing that position, demonizing that movement or whatever. It's more of what is your body prepared for these things? If it is, then you're going to be fine. If it's not, then that's where we run into problems. Lack of mobility, stability, strength. These are things or fatigued. We see a lot of people get injured when they're fatigued, but it's because the conditioning is not there or the muscles uh, endurance is not there. And so at some point you're going to be pushing the ceiling too far and then the ceiling cracks. You gas out and get hurt as, as a doctor of physical therapy, right? When you're doing jujitsu, are you calculating everything in terms of protecting your body and protecting your partner? Or do you learn the same way we learn? You know what I mean? Like, like how, you know, what? that's that's actually a really, really good question because I was thinking about that today on the way home. Um, I think the it's 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 uh you would think like it's like, oh yeah, like I can if I were to submit somebody, I know exactly how what position to get them in, right? I think what's actually more important, at least from my experience, is like being a physical therapist, I understand that the body shouldn't move in certain ways, like the knee. Uh, if it gets too far in a rotation position, like it can actually hurt somebody if you really push it that far. So in my experience as a physical therapist, I understand these positions so I can be a better training partner. 
Mm. Like if I were to get my my training partner in a position where I know that like if I push just a little too hard, it could potentially hurt them. Then in my mind, I said, no, I'm going to let go because I know that that's not good. Right. Whereas like for somebody like I was training this morning, I was training with this guy who was um, like a one stripe white belt and we were doing like half guard sweeps. Uh, one of the the sweeps is to push somebody's knee into so much internal rotation that they feel pressure on their knee and then they almost let you sweep them because it's so painful or it's so uncomfortable right so he got me in that position and I obviously you're fighting and you're trying to resist it right but he was so much bigger and stronger than me that he almost forced me into that position I felt a little bit of like a twinge in my knee I just let him go for it because you know and then it made me think okay being a PT, if I were to get somebody in that position, I understand that it's not a good position to be in. So I wouldn't crank them there. If I got someone in a Kimura and I know internal rotation is not the position that they should get into, or if their shoulders in even another funky position, I wouldn't push it that far because I know how damaging it could be if I went like full force. Right. So, um, part of it is like, I can be a better training partner to people, but at the same time, I can protect myself if I can, I know my limitations and I know if I get into some position and I will just, I'll just let somebody take it. If I know that like, I'm not going to fight something that is like not an advantage to me. Um, And that's like one of the ways that I can be better in protecting myself for longevity. Especially with newer people. Yeah. No, you know? Yeah. My, my uh, elbow's been hurting for like two and a half weeks because a new guy dropped me. Yeah. He just, I, and it wasn't intentional. Like I wasn't mad at him, but it hurt. <laughs> yeah. I it's fell a... and landed on my arm and, you know, he just, he didn't know what to do. He moved and then he just, you know, and I just, boom, just dropped. Yeah. It's you know? it's that, that uh, awareness of movement. I think that um, comes with time, but um, it's, it's like with newer people, they're just so excited to get in and 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 like beat somebody up or like uh, win, win or something yeah, that like yeah. at the end of the day, safety is more important to me. And if if it's like if you go into it with less of an ego of like I need to win, then you have a better chance of protecting yourself and your training partner. Um, so yeah, I totally, I totally agree. It's especially in like a stacked position. Like I think a lot of people get injured when they're stacking somebody like, uh, the person on bottom is like being in that such inverted position where your, your hips, your knees are touching your face. Like most people don't have that range of motion. Um, and if someone (laughs) were to stack you and they don't, they don't think about it and they put all their pressure on you, like that is, a not the best position to be in, especially, um, when you're new, you know, so these are just little things that I'll, I'll I'll tell people to like, just either just give up the position or something just to protect yourself. I think mm-hmm. um, that's, I'm very wary of that when I roll with new people is like, if someone stacks me, I like, I understand, okay, this is too much pressure or something. I'll just kind of like let them pass or something. And because I would rather give up the position than get injured. I think that's a thing that a lot of people need to understand, especially young, younger guys, newer yep. guys. Yeah. The ego, as much as I like to think that I keep ego out of it, and a lot of people say they don't bring ego into it, ah, there's ego in there. For sure. So one of the, I, I think I posted recently about like ways to train, continue to train jujitsu as you get older, which one of them 
one of the biggest things we we say is like have some type of routine outside of jujitsu that helps maintain your body so yoga mobility uh strength training like anything that can help just keep you help you recover and we we got a lot of comments about like oh yeah you know finding the right training partners is more important too and i was like yeah of course you know that i think that is a non-negotiable it's like when you're training, you want longevity in the sport. You don't want to go against people who are just spazzes and like, are just going to try to like, think it's like the world championships or something at like, you know, like IBJJF worlds. It's the finals, (laughs) you know, like breaking you. Um, It's very important to find intelligent strength or intelligent training partners who you trust won't go in there. Like if they grab a submission, they're not going to crank you. Um, They'll like get you there and then they'll slowly get there and you tap. Right. I think those are the best training partners who understand their body very well. And if they get you into a bad position, they'll check in with you. Hey, are you okay? And they're like, oh yeah, I'm good. And keep going. You know, like those are the best ones, but it's a different conversation too. Cause I'm a girl. And when I train with guys, like a lot of times guys aren't so intense, you know, because they're uh, training. I was going to ask, yeah. Do you yeah. feel that, you know. It changes. So it's easy. different. Because then you, and also I'm a smaller girl. So like when I go with guys who are even a little bit bigger and are, um, my favorite guys to train with are the guys who are bigger than me, who are higher belts, who like, like to flow. Like they're right. really good at moving. And like, I like to move around and, and explore different positions too. And if, if they get me into a submission, like I'm going to try to get out. A lot of times they don't like, they don't like crank so tight um to like actually like finish it they kind of like catch it they know that they can finish it and then we continue to move so um those are my favorite guys to train with because they're so respectful of not injuring me but then at the same time understanding that we still need to roll you know it's not just like i'm pressing down on you for five minutes and then you have to escape my side control but i'm so much stronger than you you know so but with guys to guys it's a little bit different like i don't know that experience like when guys train with each other, it's like a brawl. So I, <laughs> it really I, I is. don't understand. I don't understand that. What about girl to girl? When when you're working with a girl, um, what do you feel like? So it's actually funny because most when girls train with each other, unless they're like super aggressive, like most of the girls I've trained with, we're all super so like nice. If I accidentally like hit you in the head, oh my god, are you okay? Okay, cool. And we just keep going. Uh, most of the time, we're not trying to like at least in my experience, not trying to like kill each other or anything. It's, it's pretty chill. Like, it's like, we're going hard, but not hard enough where I'm trying to break your arm. If I get you in an arm bar, um, I'm not going to like completely crank it out unless I have the position. I'll just like slowly pull it. And then even before they tap, I'll let it go just because it's like not worth it, you know? Hmm. Um, but I have worked trained with some girls who are super intense and like try to like smash you, smash the shit out of you. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So I need to be more aware of this person. You know, I, um, cause I, if in my, like I've, people have told me too, when I train with them, like, I'm not like a very aggressive roller. Like I'm, I'm pretty like, I just like to explore. Oh yeah. This position, that position, these positions, if I get, get, um, grab a triangle or something, I'll try to finish it, but not like super aggressively. And then I, I just like to like roll around and move around, you know? So people always say, Oh yeah, you move really well, but it's because I'm, I'm very intentional. Like I just like, like to move around. It's fun. Like, I don't like to be stuck in a position and holding you with all my dear life. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and it's, it's just not productive to the role. I have to learn to, you know, relax and, you know, um, yeah. cause it's, it's, it's weird. Cause in my head, I hear like drums, Dun, 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 dun. you know like 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 when you're about to like like in one of those animes you know like the fight's about to happen with like 
Naruto and Sasuke, they're about to go at it. And you got yeah. the doom, 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 doom. That <laughs> that's what's going on in my head yeah, when I spar with people. That <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, I, I don't go at them with full force trying to hurt them or anything. But if I'm holding, you'll see that I'm tensed. And yeah. that tension uh, it, it wears me out much quicker. You know, like yeah. I have to like relax. Like that's where I see the best of the best. They they know timing really well. They know how to conserve energy. Uh, and that's where you can be really successful with, you know, lasting long, long matches or like tough matches. Like if you know how to balance the two. I don't want to keep you too long. So I want to thank you for coming on. For sure. Um, if, if there's anything you want to share in terms of, you know, your your uh, contact information, how people can find you and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram at openmat underscore physio. Um, or if you want to check our websites, www.openmatphysio.com. Um, you can just contact us through there if you need us. Awesome. You're based in, in uh, West Coast, right? Yes. Uh, Southern California. So like LA County, basically. Yeah. But we do a lot of like, uh, work around the world. We have like international clients and clients all over the country. So it's been a big blessing to be able to, you know, have the flexibility to do that. So yeah, the majority of the majority of, uh, our work is, um, doesn't require like hands. So it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty cool approach to be able to give some control and some, you know, um, what's it called? accountability to the person to do the work and get it done and be able to help people get better feel better and train better is is uh it's a pretty cool job do you guys like take insurance i presume and that kind of stuff how do you operate that aspect of it yeah so we don't take insurance directly in general so anybody that that comes to us we don't just because insurance has so many different limitations um Mm. It, it limits the amount of reimbursement we have and reimbursement is going down every single year, which is making the insurance model very difficult. Uh, however, we do provide like super bills so we can like give people super bills to uh, submit to their insurance themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we work with our out, out of, you know, state clients, because you have to be licensed across the state, uh, we're, we do coaching. So wellness coaching. And um, it's basically like, about the same thing but you know being able to work with people across the state lines right right different umbrella to kind of exactly they stay legal right (laughs) (laughs) not get in trouble yeah thanks for having me on i appreciate your time yeah for sure thanks thanks for for getting back to me of course all right have a good one all right take care see ya you are listening to the nyc talking podcast www.nyctalking.com Please like NYC Talking on Facebook. Please follow Angel R. Talk on Twitter and Instagram. We are NYC Talking, the realest lifestyle blog ever. Thanks for listening.